Here's a news flash. Surprise, surprise. Well, look at you. The whole world is watching for my next move. Oh my God. Times have changed. There are no rules. You're going to love it. Hey, and welcome to Skip Intro, the podcast from Binge, all about the world's best television. Each week, we're here to discuss the biggest new shows on Binge, along with our dinner party recommendations. My name is John Baum, joined every week by Ali Herbert Burns, and together we look after all the great TV and movies that you see on Binge. Ali, what are we talking about this week? We've got, they're both actually comedies, John. We're talking about Chivalry, which is a new series that comes to us from the UK. Uh, It's actually set in LA, and it stars... Steve Coogan. Coogan. Um, So that is, we've got that to talk about. And then we've got Upright, which is the Australian comedy series. Season one came out a few years ago, and we're really looking forward to season two, which is coming next week. So we thought we might talk about that so people have got time to watch the first season before the second one drops. And then we've got our dinner party recommendations. Awesome. Shall we head to LA via, via the UK with a bit of chivalry? Isn't she amazing? I cannot work with men like Cameron O'Neill. I'm just trying to avoid getting my bottom spanked by a bunch of angry feminists. <laughs> Cameron will reject you at first, then try to sleep with you. Don't let them. Just want to get the scene so we never have to see each other again. Finally, something we both agree on. Steve Coogan and Sarah Soleimani star in the new British comedy Chivalry, which takes a timely look at the entertainment industry in the wake of the Me Too movement. Ali, this is an interesting one. I was reading some of the background and Steve Coogan and Sarah Soleimani worked on a film together a couple of years ago. And the idea for this show came out of like the actual real life sort of debates that they were having on the set of the film that they were working on together. So it's kind of got an interesting backstory that brought it to screen. That's cool. I didn't know that. And so this is this is a comedy. It's not a big like harrowing Me Too. If anything, it's trying to make sense of Me Too a few years beyond Me Too, isn't it? Like it's kind of trying to look at where you go in a post-Me Too world in terms of what that actually means in how you make TV and film. Like a sort of a satire, sort of like a commentary on Me Too. They kind of go through an almost laundry list of issues that have arisen since Me Too. The entertainment industry is sort of an interesting place to look at these topics because things like intimacy coordinators are now very common on sets. The sort of idea of workplace relationships, especially actors and directors or up and coming people and people in power and the whole power dynamics. So like the setting of a film set is a really interesting place to explore all these topics. So just to sort of explain the, I guess, premise of Chivalry, Steve Coogan plays this quite old school film producer, you know, a man of a certain age. Um, And Sarah Soleimani plays this sort of up and coming indie director who's been brought on to this sort of troubled film to try to kind of correct some of the things that have gone wrong with the previous director who like dies in the opening scene. I I picked that. I I was like, he's he's itching his arm. He's having a heart attack, surely. (laughs) As he eats a steak and drinks a red wine. In a hotel room. (laughs) Yeah, he went out on a high. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of sets up this interesting culture clash and generational clash between this younger woman who's kind of coming up in the industry and this older man who's very, very much set in his ways and is wondering why he can't date his assistant and, you know, all these kind of things. So it's a really interesting setting for all this to happen. The headline of one review was, what if Alan Partridge were a Hollywood hotshot in 2022? (laughs) He doesn't quite quite play as an insane character as Alan Partridge, but it's hard not to see Steve Coogan yeah. in that role. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think it's a fascinating setting. It's it's a relatively small show. They're quick episodes. You get quite engrossed in them, but then the credits are rolling. 30 minutes, aren't they? And quite punchy. Yeah. And 
the first two episodes, you've gone from this young up and coming director and literally starts walking onto this set. And initially she's there to try and negotiate with the director to edit what he's doing and getting the hard job of two people kind of having a creative vision and in the middle of a stressful conversation he just dies so all of a sudden she goes from I came here to try and fix this film to you are now 100% responsible to fix it and has to reshoot yeah sex scenes and some of the other parts that have it's more that it's not sexist but it's from a very male lens isn't it it's like a male point of view to having sex it's like you know it just doesn't feel like there's um a female voice in it much at all and she's she's quite a punchy kind of feminist she's walking around set in a Kind of w- women united show women united like yeah. feminist t-shirt and stuff isn't she yeah. and she's yeah she's she basically accepts this job from the studio boss because they've said if you can fix this film and save us the money that we're going to lose on it um then we'll let you make whatever you want so she's kind of doing it as a obligation to get the right to make her passion project so she's she's also playing in a system isn't she you know they've each got the things that they're trying to achieve they're just different things um yeah and that's what I thought was really interesting because um obviously like she's this indie director who's had this like festival darling film and is looked at as being up and coming and a real fresh voice and everything and like by the second episode you can see she's already compromising her vision the like studio is getting in the way like she's not getting everything she wants from the people that she's working with and it's this like yeah it's this really interesting dynamic of like you can see her partially being like oh god I'm like am I is the system also making me part of the problem and clashing yeah. with the producer and then also trying to get his advice because obviously he's been doing this forever and it's like I just like how sort of gray so much of it is and that's what's good about it because I don't sometimes you kind of people hear me too or and they go oh what's this going with but it's almost um it's it's exactly that it's on that it's not necessarily black and white that there's levels of compromise and bias built in from whichever angle you're coming at and kind of being part of the solution is just being in the mix and trying to improve it iteratively rather than kind of coming in with a baseball bat. It's it's actually like how do you actually change it on the screen and in real life with an approach like this? And I think more and more you see her life. She's probably a more modern representation of a modern worker, not even a modern female worker, but she's a mum, she's away from a child, her husband's trying to help, she's juggling, whereas he's kind of single and footloose and you know has all the time going to lunches and and she's being pulled in every direction isn't she so there's also just this sense of the reality of what it's like to yeah try and make change in a system um I loved it because it's funny it's set in LA I always love you and I love things that are a bit inside baseball and kind of getting a look you're on the lot um in LA seeing them kind of make a show or make a film which is always kind of cool but you can tell over the season that yeah their relationship is really what's driving this forward and I have a feeling I haven't seen every episode but I have a feeling they're both going to learn a lot. Yes, and maybe not the lessons they think they're going to. The other thing to point out is there's some like interesting and honestly sort of random cameos, which I found quite amusing. Yeah. Uh, Paul Rudd, Wanda Sykes, John C. Riley, Sienna Miller, almost like a series regular in it. But yeah. Some big names, aren't they? They've just peppered in some real like Hollywoodness to it. And it is this interesting tone of like this British series set in very sunny LA. I think it's got a lot going for it. It's trying to say a lot of things, but it's, yeah, like we said, sort of in this gray area where there's no actual answer to a lot of the questions they're raising. So obviously we have Sarah Soleimani and Steve Coogan on screen. They also wrote the series, but also worth noting the entire series is directed by Marta Cunningham, which might not be a name ah, you know. from Transparent? Of- 
from Transparent, yes, right. but also directed some episodes of Insecure and You and The Bold Type, did the entire series of Chivalry. So, yeah, re- really interesting talent on, on and off screen. Quite a progressive director. So when we're talking about kind of like what's driving, yeah, that looks like they're almost trying to reflect where we're at in life in a new way on screen. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Chivalry is streaming for you now on Binge with uh, new episodes coming out each Friday. So is this the house that you bring women that you want to manipulate? I don't like the word manipulate. I, uh, I prefer the word schmooze. Tim Minchin and Millie Alcock star in the road trip dramedy Upright, which returns next week with its second season. The first season saw the unlikely duo thrown together by chance as they transport a piano across Australia. My life is falling apart. What's going on? I'm looking for my mum. You can't show up after four years and just expect me to hop on a plane with you. You're dragging me on a wild goose chase. You'll find that the truth gets a bit more complicated as you get older. Thank you, Mr. Wise Old Wizard Man. Ali, this is one of our like most watched Australian series on Binge. Um, it came out in 2019, so we've had a bit of a gap between seasons, but we're very excited that season two is coming to Binge from November 15th, the whole season, so you'll be able to binge that. In 2020, it won the actor for the best comedy series. People loved him Minchin. People now love and know exactly who Millie Orcock is. But that said, I'm sure there are people out there that still haven't watched Upright. And we want them to watch season one so they can get into season two. What do they need to know, Ali? Well, the first thing is the reason it's been delayed since 2019 is because Tim Minchin, as a brilliant, brilliant musician, has done so many things. He's obviously his Matilda musical, but, you know, his recording. So travelling and performing around the world. But also Millie Alcock went off to shoot a little show called House of the Dragon. Um, she literally came back from set in Croatia back to Australia early this year to shoot Upright Season 2 for us. And I think um, and you gave some wonderful reasons to watch it, but I think I just want everyone to know from my point of view this is just a searingly poignant and touching series. It's called Upright because, as you hinted to, it is a story of two unlikely people meeting in an unlikely situation and then uniting to to drive a piano across the Nullarbor. So it starts somewhere out back and and it finishes in Fremantle. So you get a wonderful Australian road trip, but not a Wolf Creek scary one. But it's called Upright because they're transporting an upright piano. Um, And so ultimately it's got music at its core and it's a really big part of the narrative because Tim Minchin's character, Lucky Flynn, is a bit estranged from his family. And the upright piano is a family heirloom from his grandmother. He kind of fled from Perth years ago after a falling out and he's taking it back across the Nullarbor to his home to visit his mother who's who's not well. So it's two individuals who are dealing with some of their own, you know, family messes, I suppose, and by coming together they can see that pain in each other and then because they're not they're not familiar with each other but they become friendly across this 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 journey there's almost a father daughter kind of vibe between them Millie Alcock um kind of plays a teenager Meg's probably about 15 in this series um and 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 they really they kind of help each other deal with grief and overcome the pain through the journey so it's one of those things about you know growing along the journey but a few other facts about this um two of the writers that contributed to this um and and came up with the idea Leon Ford who's a wonderful Australian uh, writer. He contributed and, and wrote a lot of Love Me, both Love Me Season 1 and Season 2, but also Kate Mulvaney. So Kate is the reason Millie Alcock came to this series. 
Um, Kate Mulvaney, for the listeners of, of the podcast, might recognise her from The Twelve. She was on trial in The Twelve, but she was in a show called Fighting Season, which was a Foxtel original uh, since soldiers returning from Afghanistan, which is a wonderful season, a wonderful series, also streaming on Binge. But in that, Millie Alcock, a young Millie Alcock, played Kate Mulvaney's daughter. And when Kate was working on on Upright, I think she suggested Millie. And the chemistry, honestly, between her and Tim and this is so sincere. And for me, that, you know, mixed with the music really, really drives this story forward. And it makes it really unique and stand out. So if you haven't watched Upright, please, please, please. There are eight episodes in season one. They're about 30 minutes each. So really, um, really easy binge. And like you said, with season two dropping all at once, I'm looking forward to seeing where Meg and Lucky go on this journey. When they're not yeah. back in Perth, are they? They're in Queensland. No, and that's what I wanted to also just mention. Outside of the music and the really interesting portrayal of the relationship between the two of them, like visually, season one is so distinctive and Australian, but like not in a corny Australian way, like in a beautiful Australian way. And from what we've let, like the teasers of season two that we've seen, we know it's filmed in far North Queensland. So it looks like it's going to be a bit more of like a humid sort of rainforesty experience, but I think that'll also bring something interesting to it. So very excited to see where season two goes. And because there are a few years between one and two, they've both probably had some time to grow as characters and who knows where they might be in life. And yes, very excited. We know how many people have watched season one and loved it. And yeah, we're really excited. And John, fun fact, fun fact, another connection to Love Me, the amazing Heather Mitchell, who plays Anita in the Binge original Love Me, plays the role of... The Lo- Logie Award winning, Heather Mitchell. The Logie Award winning, <laughs> actor nominated, um, nominee Heather Mitchell. She actually plays Tim Minchin's mum. And the episode when he gets home to Perth, I, I challenge you not to cry. I was so, so moved in that last episode especially. And just knowing how creative and, and clever Tim is in what he's created in this story, it's really special television. So if you haven't checked it out, please, please, please watch. So season one of Upright is streaming for you right now, all eight episodes. And season two, all eight episodes will be available on Binge from Tuesday, November 15th. The thing is, when the numbers are big enough, which they are, one in a million things happen all the time. Nothing happens for a reason. Well, everything happens for no reason, one of those. You are so boring. John, we are up to dinner party recommendations, the kind of shows that we mention to our friends when the inevitable question over the dinner table is, what are you watching? What's good? So what are you watching this week on Binge? So I hate to bring the like mood down, but I am back on my documentary binges. You're not um, bringing the mood down. You're just making, <laughs> you're just becoming a little smarter human walking around the world, learning yeah. through, through screen, not books. Yeah. What yeah. have you learned this week, John? I've learned some things I maybe didn't want to, but um, one of the first things I watched on binge before I even worked worked at Binge was The Vow, ah, um, yeah. which was an excellent sort of true crime cult expose documentary um, from a couple of years ago. Um, and it was like such a big deal and sort of like threw this Nexium cult into like public consciousness. And there was a, they made a million other documentaries since then, but The Vow was sort of like the, the documentary that sort of brought attention to what was going on um, in this Nexium cult. And so much came out of the documentary that they're back for a second season, which is kind of rare these days to actually, you know, get 
the sort of part two of the story. And that, that's yeah. actually what it's called. It's called The Vow Part Two. We're back with these people. They've got incredible access. They're talking to some of the people in jail. It's incredible the people that are wanting to talk to them. I've got a confession. I haven't watched The Vow and you've told me about it heaps of times, but what what is The Vow Cult about? So it's a terrible name to say and spell, but the organization slash cult was called Nexium, which was, I won't even try to spell it, but it was kind of positioned as like self-development and like management and it was it was very sort of straightly sold to people as like, you know, Im- improve your communication skills and get better at work and all that kind of stuff. It was, yeah, like coaching and business and, you know, the kind of stuff we do in companies these days. Um, but, <laughs> but the, not in a cult. But, but yeah. not in a cult. Um, mm-hmm. Well, the kind of stuff lots of corporations send their stuff on. Um, but what got really dark with this was the leader, who's this guy, Keith Raniere, who's now in jail. And basically the sort of like headline was that underneath this like quite dry looking personal development sort of management coaching thing was a sex cult where he was recruiting women, other women were recruiting other women. You were literally getting branded. So they were branding the members of this cult and they were Mm -hmm. signing these like lifelong obedience contracts to this man and just incredibly dark system that brought in these people with the hope of improving themselves and unfortunately was able to like entrap some people. The other sort of thing that made a lot of the headlines was close association with Hollywood. So Alison Mack, who isn't, you know, the world's best known actress, but she was in Smallville and a number of other things. She has also been arrested as part of this. So it was kind of like the Hollywood connections and there was like some minor royalty connections and this billionaire was sort of funding it. So there was like surrounded by wealth and celebrity. So that just adds this extra layer to it. So a bit like with all the Jeffrey Epstein scandal, how that was kind of entrenched in privilege and kind of yeah. just just went and you could away. cover it up with money and um, wow, okay. This, the, the Keith Raniere guy, who's the leader of it all, even sort of compares himself to Jeffrey Epstein at one point. Like it's incredible. Oh, gross. Okay, and are they interviewing him in this? Like, yeah, they yeah, a- they've got access to him. So in jail, like talking up, like he's like I'm famous, kind of. Child yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, and it's also some of the people who were in the cult who helped bring it down. So you're seeing both sides. You're seeing the people that got out and recognized that it was toxic. And you saw the people who are still committed to him. And oh yeah, it's just, it's a fascinating portrait of a cult and, you know, a very, you know, some of the similar topics we talked about in chivalry, but in such a different way in that it's about power dynamics. It's about, you know, men coercing women. It's about like money and power. And, and how um, many apps are there, John? So it sounds really um, good. I want to watch it. Like it sounds like a meaty binge as well. It is a meaty binge. Season one was nine episodes. Oh, wow. Okay. And season two, just because there's like so much going on with us, six episodes. So oh, wow. okay. it's fascinating. It'll fill your like true crime culty um, fix. But And we yeah. know binges love cult shows, don't they? They're up there yes. with yeah. So it takes those two phenomenons and pushes them together. Okay. I'm going to watch this, The, the Vow. So there's two seasons, 15 apps. Okay, thank you. The woman allegedly kept confined to a room is expected to be on the stand today. What the f- Going into this, I thought Keith was innocent. I was wrong. I wonder if she's really waking up or just trying to save herself. Um, well, talking about dinner parties, we've actually talked about this show earlier on the year in the podcast, so some listeners might have heard us talk about this, but I'm sure there will be lots that haven't discovered this show, and I was upset that this show was snubbed in the awards season this year, and that is the TV series Julia, eight episodes, 
um, of an HBO Max series. Which we loved. Loved, starring Sarah Lancaster from Happy Valley, also now streaming on Binge and the new season coming soon, sidebar. But I get distracted. So Julia is the story of the acclaimed American chef, Julia Childs, who took it upon herself to improve Americans' cooking um, and kind of really brought a French influence into American homes during the after she lived in France so many years and she kind of came back to America in the 50s, 60s and 70s was almost like the first TV chef before there was Nigella, there was Julia. But the reason I talk about this series, this show, beyond just I liked it so much and it's like a warm hug and if you're looking for something to get stuck into, there's eight eps and it's all there to binge, tick, tick, tick. But we've also got the film Julie and Julia. Now, Julie and Julia um, is the story of an American woman, a lady from New York, who I think in the 90s, it was pre-blogging, it was like early days internet, she had a blog. And she took it upon herself. Her name is Julie Powell. And she took it upon herself to, she was kind of 30, hitting a bit of a rut in her career and life. And she decided to take on a challenge to cook every, um, so Julia Child, the chef, she's got like a massive cookbook, Mastering the Art of French Cooking, I think it's called. Like, it's like a tomb. It's huge. And so she took on the task of cooking everything in that, in that recipe book in one year. And she wrote about it on her blog. Um, that lady, Julie Powell, um, ended up selling her blog, became very popular, it got picked up by the New York Times, and she kind of became a bit of an overnight sensation in the literary circles of New York. Her memoir was adapted into the film Julie and Julia, in which Amy Adams plays Julie Powell and Meryl Streep plays Julia Child. So there's a good reason to watch the film. And Nora Ephron directs it. So tick, tick, tick again. But in sad news, the lady Julie Powell, who the movie's based on, she actually passed away this week. So I noticed um, that this had popped up on the carousel and quite a few people have been watching the film over the weekend, John, which got me thinking it was probably because of that sad news of her passing. But if you yeah, want to watch a really good movie, Julie and Julia, and if you want to know more about Julia Childs and you can compare Meryl Streep as Julia Childs and Sarah Lancaster as Julia Childs, you can watch the series Julia as well. So here's my little tip for the week. And yeah, sad news about Julia Powell. I'm Julia Child. Bon appetit. Oh, Julia, you make it sound so simple. What if I don't make my deadline? I'll waste a whole year of my life. I used to be thin and now I'm fat. Just your face. It's supposed to be a big adventure, but it just turns out to be a lot of meltdowns. Yeah, there's all of this stuff on the floor. This week on Skip Injury, we discussed the new British comedy Chivalry. We discussed the excellent Australian comedy Upright. Um, I recommended that you check out The Vow, which has season two episodes coming out for you at the moment. And Ali recommended that you um, check out the TV series Julia and the sort of accompanying movie Julie and Julia. All of these are streaming for you now on Binge, which of course you can find on your favourite device. I'm John Bowen, joined every week by Ali Herbert Burns. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast was produced by Dan Barrett with audio editing and mixing by Chris Yates. And we'll be back next week with more Skip Intro. Listener.